0: Okay, welcome to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. It's Julia Teixeira and Mike DiStefano back with you for the next 26 or so minutes to see up this Leafs versus Stars game tonight in Dallas. That goes down at 8.30. We're going to have Scott Wheeler join us uh, because some, some new faces in the lineup tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs, AB, a couple debuts.
1: Yep, looks like we've got uh, a couple of guys who are going to be making their debuts tonight. Timmons, Connor Timmons, finally getting into the lineup for Matt Caldwell, and then uh, SDA getting yeah. into the lineup. Simeon Durargucinsev, but we're just going to call him SDA from here on out. I said it once. Yep. Okay, I've said it. Now you got to say it.
0: Simeon Durargucinsev.
1: Okay, so everyone knows we know how to say the name. Now we can go and we can we can call it SDA.
0: Yeah, it should be excited to see these couple guys in. Uh, so. Timmons is getting in in the place of his old Sioux teammate, Mac Hollowell, who he noted had a little bit of a down game uh, in the Leafs' last outing, so probably merited to get a new face in there, especially with Connor Timmons on the sidelines waiting to get in for his Leafs debut. And uh, we'll, we'll get into him a lot more with Scott, who tracked him quite a bit, tracks all prospects quite a bit. Uh, SDA getting in for Wayne Simmons. Kind of curious tonight, eh? It, it,
1: it, so when I first saw that, I was like, oh, cool, is getting in. And then I, I factored in the opponent. It is a little bit curious to me because if you recall the last time these two played against each other, Matthews took a beating. Yeah. An absolute beating from from that team. He took a big hit from Hockenpah. He had Jamie Ben all over him, hacking at him the entire game. And... I'm a little bit surprised because typically if Sheldon Keefe knows a game's going to get gritty and it's going to be a bit of a, a tougher game against tougher opponents, he that's when we see Wayne Simmons come into a lineup. So I'm a little bit surprised to see him take out a guy like Wayne Simmons who might be able to, eh, you know, police things somewhat. Not, right. nec- not all the time, not necessarily, but sometimes it's just good to have that guy out there in case things get a little bit rowdy. Um, and to put in, like, SDA, who... I mean, if you don't know this kid, he's five foot nine, hundred and seventy pounds subject. Hey, five wet. ten.
0: Put some respect okay, on him. Okay, he grew name. an
1: inch since being drafted. <laughs> five ten, a buck seventy, right? Yeah. So it's not you know he's not someone who's going to go in there, and he's not going to stick up for old Austin Matthews if things start to get a little bit dicey out there, and and it becomes a an aggressive game and a a physical game, which we could very well see. This is a a veteran team, it's a a heavier team, and they like to play that that style.
0: Yeah, they do. Not like they have anyone jump off the page, mean, tough, but as a team, they they She's play got a really relentless there. style, a heavy style. Yeah,
1: just tall and big.
0: Yeah, okay, an update on TJ Brody. Apparently he's not far away, as per Sheldon Keefe yesterday. Kind of an omni- uh, ominous update, but uh, an update nonetheless on one of the Leafs' many fallen defensemen at this point in the season. And in net tonight, AB, we, we were talking yesterday about what direction the Leafs were going to take this, goaltender-wise, if they were going to let Matt Murray have another game after a bit of a tough winning goal, uh, or if they were going to go right to Samsonov and really make this thing an A, 1A, 1B, perfect I guess in a perfect tandem, it wouldn't even be 1A, 1B. Just a perfectly split tandem. Uh, Now we know. They're going with Matt Murray tonight. It'll be Jake Ottinger for the Stars.
1: Yeah, and and look, I think this is the right call. It's something that I believe they need to... Like, when you talk about... A tandem. Like, I know I've been on uh, talking about this the last couple of days, even last week. I think at the end of the season, you look at the bulk of games, you say, okay, it was pretty much a 50 50 split. But I don't think that necessarily means you go, this guy has this game, and you alternate, literally alternate starts. Right. I think you need to let guys get into somewhat of a rhythm. If that's, you know, getting two, three games in in a row, then so be it. I think that might be best for these guys. And, and you know, Sam Snob has already been deemed the starter. Health is, you know, Assuming that everyone stays healthy, I guess um, in the game Thursday. So, you know, Murray. Regardless of what happens tonight, hopefully he plays well. Um, you know, it'll be just two games, and then they're gonna roll with Samsonov, and then we'll see what happens after that. Who plays on Saturday, and you know, continues uh, down the road. But I'm I'm not surprised that it's shaken up this way. I, I thought Matt Murray should be the guy. He's been a quality goaltender so far. He's played really, really well. Ottinger, surprisingly, though, yeah. his numbers have kind of fallen a little bit. Like I, I was digging into him last night, and you know, over the last calendar month, Ottinger has an eight ninety five, eight ninety eight save percentage at five on five. So that's not what you typically expect to see at of at a Jake Ottinger, who was kind of becoming one of those young up and coming goaltenders Ooh, in
0: the league. Playoffs last year,
1: he was Madness. outstanding, outstanding, almost single handedly brought the Stars into the second round yeah. over over uh, Calgary, but. You know, they're giving up a lot. They're giving up a lot of chances as well. They like to play a very high events. So tonight I expect to, to to be a high event game. So they give up a lot of high event chances and, and high danger chances, but they also produce and generate a lot of high danger. And, I mean, this makes sense that tonight could be a very high event game when you've got guys like... Mitch Marner and Jason Robertson in this one. Both those guys going to make history tonight. You've got Robertson already on an 18-game heater. you got Marner on his 19-game heater looking to make a 20. Robertson 19, and, and I think it's what the first time ever in NHL history yeah. that you've had two guys with 18 or more game po- uh, point streaks that are colliding in one game. So pretty special um, matchup, and I mean... History gets made in this building for the Maple Leafs. If you recall, last year Austin Matthews right. passed Vibe's record in that building, and then the next goal he scored became the uh, was it the most goal scored by an American-born player in that <laughs> yeah. game, the overtime winner in that game. So I mean, last time they were in Dallas, good things happened for the Maple Leafs. Maybe it can continue here for Mitch Marner as well.
0: It's true. It's true. Okay, it's the Leafs and the Stars in Dallas tonight at 8.30. And Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by 2 for 1 Pizza. It's 2 for 1 Tuesday. Order a regular pr- price pizza from the Create Your Own Menu and get a second pizza of the same or lesser value free. And with that, let's bring in Scott Wheeler of The Athletics. Scott, how's it going this fine Tuesday?
2: It's going well. I just finished watching the, the game just like the rest of the world.
0: Yeah, we, we were here waiting <laughs> patiently. It was, yeah. it was an exciting finish. I love the underdog win, but I always feel tragic when we only get to talk about prospects for a shorter amount of time as a result of soccer. Well, really quickly, mm. Scott,
1: really quickly, because clearly, you know, you just watched that game and you, you know, watch the Maple Leafs all the time. And I saw someone throw this stat out there. For Spain today against Morocco, over 1,000 pass attempts, 975 completed passes, only one shot on net, zero goals. Doesn't that sound like the Maple Leafs early on this year where they were you know, dominating the possession time but keeping everything to the outside and weren't generating a whole lot of high danger chances?
2: Yeah, just as the <laughs> sky is probably falling in Spain right now, that was happening in Toronto for exactly. for much the same reasons. And lo and behold, Spanish soccer will be just fine just as the Maple Leafs have turned out to be just fine. And maybe the sky wasn't falling after all. So, uh, yeah, those, some of those losses at the start of the season for the Leafs were, were kind of the leafy losses that have been turned into myths in this city. And, uh, this is another one for Spain too, that's just, Oh man, gotta be such a tough pill to swallow with how young and talented that team is. And, uh, they'll, they'll be back. All of those sort of 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kids on that Spanish team look like they're going to be a special generation, but, uh, I think they had their sights set higher than the round of 16 here. So it's gotta be, gotta be heartbreak.
1: I'm sure it was, but there's been a lot of heartbreak in, in Toronto, too, so the parallels, the parallels are there, but things are going good right now. The vibes are high up in Toronto. Um, SDA and Connor Timmins set to make their uh-huh. least debut tonight. Uh, why do we start with Connor Timmins Because you know he's a guy they brought in via trade. Haven't been able to get him into the lineup yet, but he will play tonight. Scott, what are your uh, expectations? What do you think he, he can bring to the lineup tonight and, and rest of season? I saw you put a piece out about a week or two ago when the trade went down. You spoke Spoke to a couple of guys who he was familiar with, who are familiar with him with the Sioux. Mm-hmm. What do you expect it out of him?
2: Yeah, I expect him to, to sort of continue what he's always been. It's been a bit of a weird path for him when he's been healthy, which hasn't been very often in the last four seasons. He's been a, a very good AHL player, by and large, and a productive depth defenseman for Colorado and Arizona in his short time in the NHL as well. is numbers in the video and I, I poured over the data and, and cut a bunch of tape from his play in the AHL and NHL and it all looks good it looks similar to what it looked like in in his Sioux days when he was one of the true star defensemen in the OHL he was really arguably the best defenseman on a world junior team that included Kale McCarr uh, so he's had some really high highs in his career and some really low lows and the low lows have been Uh, a very very serious concussion which cost him an entire season and really jeopardized his career Uh, and uh, consequently as almost as soon as he got back also a very serious knee injury which cost him another full season so he's been a pro and it feels like he's been a pro for a long time now and it feels like those two days are so far behind him but of the four seasons that he's had uh, in the AHL and the NHL uh, which have been pretty evenly split between between the two levels. He's lost two two full campaigns within that to two injuries. So uh, just hasn't really, really been able to find his footing as the thirty second overall pick that you'd maybe expect him to after he was so good at the World Juniors and so good in the Sioux. And uh, really, he'd be a first round pick today, right? And he was a thirty second round or thirty second pick in a draft that was thirty one deep. So. Um, yeah, just a, a solid sort of two way defenseman. He moves the puck really efficiently. He gets his shots through. He's bigger, so he'll add some size to that, pairing obviously with Mac Calwell and Victor Mete. They've been really quite small. He's six two, two hundred plus pounds. Uh will step up and close his gaps and he's not going to lay anyone out and open ice, but he's he'll bring a physical element that uh that Mete and Timmins kind of lack a little bit. So uh just a little bit of a different look in in that on on that third pairing, and I expect that he'll he'll thrive, and he's a very much uh, a Sheldon Keith type of player, and obviously Keefe and uh, and Dubas were still with the Sioux Greyhounds when when he was drafted into the OHL way way back, so they'll have some familiarity that way as well.
0: Yeah, the other player called up today, Simeon Der Argonchintsev. and anytime you put out an article and you describe a player as the weirdest little player, we absolutely have to know more about him. Just tell me a little bit about SDA, uh, the player and the dude, Scott.
2: He's he's a unicorn. He's one of one. He's been like that since he first came over here from Russia and tried to make a go of it at an Eastern Ontario prep school. Uh, A few years ago, I went out to that prep school and then went out to Peterborough when he was starting uh, his junior hockey career and and told a feature on him. And he is one of a kind. He grew up as this sort of skinny, scrawny, lighthearted kid whose English was way better than it should have been almost right away and just always had a smile on his face. And uh, was always making people laugh, not because he was funny, but because he was just so out there and uh, just completely himself. Uh, when you talk to him, you, it's not like talking to a hockey player. He is very different from the people uh, who are around him. And he hasn't lost that. A lot of the, those sort of characters that you hear about Uh, they, they, they can lose that once they become NHLers and once they sort of settle into the, the hockey culture that we all know about. And he just hasn't, that hasn't happened, not in the way that he plays and not in who he is off the ice. So, uh, just a very unique player with the puck, just sort of magic hands, uh, sees sort of through layers of pressure extremely well, kind of singular vision, uh, some of the best sort of playmaking instincts as a passer that you'll see in the Leafs organization. Uh, but has, has had to work very, very hard to get stronger and to get to the weight that is required of an NHL player and putting on muscle did not come easy to him and he's just worked and worked and worked and suddenly he was one of the best players on the Marlies through the first half of this season and now he's getting a much much deserved call-up and he'll give He'll give that fourth line a little bit of flair, a little bit of playmaking, a little bit of passing, um, kind of like Dennis Malgin has given them uh, at times. There, there, there are some similarities there, but his comes more from the, from the perimeter in, and in terms of just sliding passes into the slot and finding guys and uh, creating chances for others more than himself. So really, really happy for him. He's come a long way, and uh, it, it's, I'm sure, going to be a special night for him.
1: We're chatting with Scott Wheeler uh, of The Athletic, and a couple of prospects who are really starting to flourish here as of now is Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, a couple of first-rounders from a few years back. Um, I was just looking yesterday. Out of all defensive pairings in the NHL, they're currently seventh since TJ Brody left the lineup in terms of goals against per 60, so doing a great job of keeping the puck out of the net with much tougher minutes. Than expected. Do you think that the level of play from these guys are sustainable and can they kind of become, you know, mainstays within this team's top four for for years to come?
2: Well, they definitely appear to be a silver lining. I think there was a lot of woe is me happening when the Leafs' three top D all went down with injuries about at the same time. And uh, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that it's happening early in the season and that Sheldon is getting a good look at the depth that they do have. It was such a talking point into this season of. The Leafs, if 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 Jake Muzzin is is not healthy for the remainder of his career, if his career is over, the Leafs will will have to go out and and get a top four defenseman if they want to contend for a Stanley Cup this year. And maybe what this is showing them is that their their time is better spent going after a forward at the deadline. Maybe it's the the top nine winger that they go out and target at the deadline, uh, or a, a third line a proper third line center that they go out and target at the deadline instead of going after a D. Maybe they just run with with. Morgan Riley and TJ Brody obviously once they get back healthy and then with some combination of Mark Giordano and the two kids to sort of round out their bottom six I think those obviously both of them have played well Rasmus I think struggled as soon as he got back there was definitely some of that rust that was happening from the lost training camp Timothy's been good right from the get-go when he got into the lineup Uh, and I think we're starting to see Sandin sort of come into form here and, and find himself again and both of those players are 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 good NHL defensemen, and I don't think that the Leafs maybe should be pressured into knocking one of them out of the lineup come playoff time in favor of some kind of expensive deadline acquisition. Maybe it's incumbent on them to to add a little bit of scoring up front instead.
1: So the Leafs are taking on the Dallas Stars tonight, and as much you know, we've been enamored with what Mitch Marner's been doing here in Toronto. A lot of people have been just as Excited about what Jason Robertson's doing out there, and he's a guy, I went back and looked at your prospect rankings, you had him as your 20th ranked player back in 2017, and you were higher on him than most, but even to you, how much has he exceeded your expectations? Did you ever envision him turning into the kind of player that he's turned into?
2: Well, I appreciate you pumping my tires there because Jason has definitely been a, a favorite of mine over the years. He's one of the, the three or four sort of evaluations, if you will, on that side of my job that I'm probably proudest of. Uh, and he was a, an interesting story all the way up because he was the, the big kid who wasn't the power forward. And I think when you see big wingers coming through the OHL or whatever league they're playing in, the, the, the inclination among scouts is always, A, they need to be... Bigger and stronger and faster than everybody else is, or they need to be the the menacing physical guy when they play at that size. And that has just never been his game. He always played slow. He always slowed the game down. He almost never finished his checks. And he was kind of the anti-power forward and didn't have the speed that that you would turn to if he didn't have the strength. So he wasn't really anything that anybody was looking for or that anybody maybe wanted him to be. And he just kind of became what he was always destined to be, which was just this sort of excellent, uh, intelligent hockey player who just understands where to be on the ice and how to use the tools that he does have and how to protect the puck. And the shot has, has developed a step further so that he's now one of the premier goal scorers in the league. And it has all just come together for him without him... Really changing his game and without him trying to be something that he's not. And that there's a, there's a, a great credit there as well to the staff, the two different coaching staffs that he's been under, uh, with the Dallas Stars as well, because a lot of NHL coaches, I think would have looked at him and become quite frustrated with what he is, uh, and uh, demanded that he play a, a more physical brand or that he be that power forward who drives the net all the time. And to their credit, in Dallas, they they never asked him to change who he was, and he he's the same player now as he was in Niagara back in the day. And uh, there aren't many players in the NHL who really look like him either. So really really interesting player for me
1: i remember that trade it was like 11 second round picks <laughs> classic <Delos sucks>. CHL trade. <laughs> it was hilarious the best.
0: well scott it would be a crime to have you on and not ask you one world junior question so we'll ask the most leafs relevant one uh when the selection camp rosters came out yesterday what was the biggest surprise to you was it was it ty Voigt, who's torching the ohl right now being admitted from u.s camp
2: yeah, definitely. As far as the leaps go, I, I think everybody expects that Fraser Minton and Nick Moldenhauer may have a role to play on next year's 2024 team in Gothenburg, Sweden, uh, for Team Canada. But I don't think anybody really expected Fraser Minton or certainly not Nick to to be invited to this camp. Uh, so Voigt was Voigt was the Leafs snub, if you will. Voigt was a kid who I fully expected to to be in the camp at the very least. When I put together my sort of roster picks, which were out at The Athletic a couple of weeks ago uh, for for each of the f- sort of four superpowers, uh, and I built my, you know, my, my American roster, he was kind of an extra or maybe a, a sort of third line, middle six uh, skill winger for that team. Uh, and they ultimately decided that that wasn't uh, wasn't the fit, which which is definitely surprising. I mean, he's as you mentioned, leading the OHL in scoring. He has more primary assists in the OHL this year than any other player has total assists. Crazy. So he's been a, a true star, a true driver of play. He's a very very skilled playmaking winger, and I think there's a real chance that they're going to regret leaving both him and Sasha Pasajov, who's third in the OHL in scoring and was on the summer team. Uh, I think they, they could regret that. This this American team has a lot of uh, sort of plug-and-play guys, a lot of good depth guys up front, but they're not a super, super talented team in terms of playmaking and skill level up front, and I think leaving both Voight and Pastajov out of the camp could come back to bite them if their power play stru- struggles or if they're just not creating enough offense as the tournament progresses.
1: All right, we'll leave it there, Scott. Appreciate the time, as always. We'll chat again uh, real
2: soon. Cheers. Thanks guys. All right.
1: There we go. Scott Wheeler, uh, of the athletic. What yeah, a gem. What a gem. But the least they're really, you know, they're they're starting to hit on some of these later round prospects.
0: Yeah. Don't you, you know? love to see that like sort
1: of thing? Th- the 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 Sandine draft, they've now have I think four four or five guys who've made it to the NHL through that draft. Yeah. Right. Uh who's is one of those guys who's making his debut tonight. Hollowell was in that draft. Sandin, obviously. Connor Timmons was also in that draft. Right. So there's uh, actually no like, Timmons would have been the year before, actually in 2017. Yeah, yeah. but there's, I almost
0: got the late birthday and it throws me off. It's right next. Jersey to Jersey the...
1: was in that draft. Who they trade away? So you know they're starting to get some guys. Pontus Holmberg was in that draft, and then obviously Ty Voigt was the fifth round pick. Uh, I think the COVID year. So now they're starting to, to, to hit on some of these other prospects. Uh, Leafs lunches brought to you by Vanilla Visa Prepaid Cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. And with that, why don't we get to the School of Degeneracy? Time now for Al's Brothers
2: School of Degeneracy. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Oh.
0: Leasebusters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Okay, take it away.
1: All right, so as I said, the Stars like to play high-event hockey. They generate a lot, but they also allow a lot of high-danger chances as well, which I think should bode Really good for Toronto. Um, so I, I'm I'm thinking Toronto comes out with this victory. I really like them going into that setting and pulling up the win. Uh, I, I like the puck line on this one. It's also really good odds. Plus 210 for them to win by two goals tonight. So minus one and a half on the puck line. They've won four okay. straight in Dallas. And the Stars giving up a lot. So I think Toronto could capitalize. Which also means I'm in on the away team goals set at over two and a half. So Three-plus goals for the Maple Leafs tonight. They've scored that in four straight games. They're averaging over three goals a game on the road. And then both Mitch Marner and Jason Robertson to record a point and extend their streaks. Marner going to 20 straight games. Both, eh? Robertson going to 19 straight games. He can place that way, John FanDuel. It's paying minus 115. Those are my plays tonight for Leafs and Stars.
0: I like it. I like it, A.B. I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I'm stoked for it. I love the 8.30 start time when it's on the road. I was saying that to you today. 7:30 7:30 when it's at home and we like go to the game, uh, like keep it like just gets us home a little faster. But 8:30 if I'm watching the game from home, I like, there I like was,
1: you. They had the 7:30 game, I think it was the Islander game, 7:30, and I was there watching it. Yeah, and I was just like, it felt so late. That, that by the time see, of, at home it, it feels really late, and it went to OT, it was right. crazy. Uh, Tomorrow's Classic Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $5 million, and the Gold Ball jackpot is an estimated $30 million. Text uh, 649 and your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto 649 tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto 649, find your possible. All right, that does it for us today. Enjoy the game. 830 puck drop, like we said. Hopefully Mitch Marner can extend the streak. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN at the iHeartRadio radio app or over you get your podcast. I might just tap it over for Julia to share, we're listening to Leaf's Lunch. World Cup coverage continues next.